Welcome to Right to Life in Michigan's Life Beat. I'm your host today, Chris Gass. Joining me, as almost always, is the very tired Anna Visser and the very awake Grace Hemmicke, the very woke Grace Hemmicke, I could almost say. Oh, please, no. <laughs> I don't think she uh, wants to be known as that. How, how's it going today, ladies? Good. Just great. Very happy it's Friday. Yeah, it's always a good day when it's Friday, and because our podcast is on. I mean, what's better? Obviously. 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 So today we're going to talk about a couple things. We're going to talk about uh, that creepy euthanasia film that we mentioned on the podcast out of Canada a couple days ago. Um, We're going to talk about Proposal 3 again, uh, but two kind of interesting newsworthy items. Uh, But first, real quick... Uh, we're glad that you're listening to this podcast. You have been reached by us. You are hearing our informative and insightful uh, take on the news of the day when it comes to pro-life issues, but that doesn't always happen on all the other ways we try to reach people, especially Twitter, ladies, because as we've seen the last few days on, on Twitter with the takeover of the platform by Elon Musk, uh, have either of you been closely following this whole Twitter files situation? As much as uh, you both love not, Twitter. Not closely, but not. I know what's going on. Could summarize it. So basically, uh, what a lot of people have thought has always happened is that if you have a certain point of view, uh, definitely pro-life point of view would be included or conservative in general on social media that what uh, your statements, your tweets, your posts on all these platforms are in some cases being shadow banned. So instead of like an actual ban where the post is removed and it's very clear that you're being censored, shadow banning is sort of stealth censorship where uh, your post is you know, in various ways, uh, the reach of it is not uh, what it can be. Because again, um, these social media companies have a specific point of view, and then they have this algorithm that determines how everything shows up in your in your feed of posts or news. And then, uh, because they control it tightly, they can notch down uh, the level of exposure that your stuff gets. So basically, um, An analogy would be if you're in the town square trying to talk, they're putting a muzzle over you. So you can still hear statements, but they can't actually hear your real statement. I thought the the Twitter files was more like, well, he was exposing that they were working with politicians and the administration to to get rid of certain tweets or certain news stories and then to push other ones. So it was more like organized with politicians. Yeah, so that was the first batch of emails that mm-hmm. came out, like, I think, last week. Was that like Files 1? I keep saying well, like Files 2. So they th- this, this is actual like internal emails and documents and procedures that's being leaked out. So this isn't just like uh, someone's you know, comment series. It's actual good source material. And the first batch was basically that, you know, the Biden administration or the Biden campaign, you know, they had the ability to reach certain Twitter executives and say, hey, go censor that or get, you know, do this or do that. And Twitter would do it. 
Mm-hmm. And one can only assume if Twitter is doing it that Facebook is doing it. Well, they're probably Google, all doing it. You know, yeah, they probably all are. So now the second batch of stuff that came out last night after a brief little um, pause because one of the lawyers at Twitter was kind of blocking it who used to work for the FBI. It's a really dirty, nasty, uh, in-depth expose. But basically this last batch last night was when Twitter would make public statements that we don't shadow ban people, yeah, they were basically lying. So they, yeah, there are certain groups that, there are certain tags that they would put on certain profiles or posts that would limit their reach and whatnot. Um, like, for example, Libs of TikTok had her own special category of shadow banning censorship. Uh, now, we can't, can we prove that Rights to Life of Michigan was in there? I mean, that's... We're just one of many pro-life organizations. I think lifenews.com actually um, has been. But, I mean, we've seen our reach in recent years on social media decline precipitously, um, often for no apparent reason whatsoever, mm-hmm. especially on Facebook. Uh, yeah. and, and, our, and our profile, our ad account on Facebook has been banned for no, absolutely no reason. So... I mean, all this to say that, you know, if you're a pro-life person and you're putting pro-life points out there on social media, that's great. Keep doing it. Maybe we'll have a better opportunity to do that on Twitter uh, now, but uh, it's not fair. It's not the public square. It's not a neutral service. These big tech companies are literally out to get you. I'm just curious why they sold it to him if they knew that there was a lot of secrets or did they not really have a choice? Well, you could say they didn't have a choice because he made a big offer. And then at first they seemed to be hostile to the offer. Right. But it was a very large offer because when you have a corporation, you know, you're not in control of it anymore. The shareholders are. And if it's a really good deal for the shareholders, they're going to demand, you know, they could even sue you and saying you're not acting in the best interest of the shareholders or the corporation if you're refusing an offer. So there's a lot of fighting. And then when Elon Musk, like they weren't giving information to Elon Musk, he wanted to pull out of the deal and said, this, you know, this platform's full of bots and this is crap. Then they tried to threaten to force him to actually buy the company. So he kind of caved in and bought it. But yeah, Hmm. I think, you know, for the average person who isn't even interested maybe in pro-life stuff, maybe you just tune by us on the radio and you're like, what is this all about? You know, a good lesson is remember that uh, just because you're emailing somebody privately or doing anything online privately, that's not true. So if you are a part of a business and you're emailing somebody something, you should basically assume that that's going to be read by a lawyer or on, say, CNN at some point. <laughs> um, so, yeah, always be careful what you say. And it doesn't matter who you're saying it to because, you know, Apparently at Twitter there was some struggle over like how much shadow banning they wanted to do. So there was some dissension in the ranks there. And even Jack now, who's like the was like the founder of Twitter, who's no longer there, was just kinda like, just release it all. Just don't even screen it anymore. Just get it all out there. Like so, all of the secrets? Yeah, Jack's just like, just let it all out. Really? I, I don't think yeah. I don't think he necessarily now, if you think about it, like if you're the CEO of this company and all of your staff wants you to ban conservatives, 
and all of your av- some of your av- biggest advertisers are demanding you ban conservatives. Um, what incentive do you have to like stand up and say no? That's true. So yeah, some people. I almost get the feeling like some of this woke stuff that you know Grace can tell you about because she's woke now. Um, <laughs> Thanks, Chris. Why are we rolling with this? Why is this a thing? Sorry. <laughs> Just amping you up for the rest of the podcast. Um, Thank you. Uh, you know, some people, it's almost like a prison, and you can't get out of it, even if you want to. You're just stuck in it. And to keep being the CEO, you got to go along with it, or your staff is going to... Rebel. It's all a mess, but basically, it's unfair. And if you like to talk about election interference, I don't like that term very much, but if, you, if, if you'd like to talk about that term a lot, then um, social media organizations and companies and tech giants are engaged in election interference. And speaking of interfering in election by tech giants, <laughs> um, let's move on to the next topic. So today there is a nice story done by Gongwer, which is a capital news service for Michigan. And basically a final tally, um, you know, reporting for this stuff um, goes on forever. But the final tally for spending on Proposal 3. So on our side, Right to Life of Michigan and other groups, we raised and spent $20.7 million plus a couple, plus about $400,000 in in-kind contributions. So basically we spent $21 million which is an eye-popping amount. I think we did $4 million back in 2008 for the stem cell amendment, I think. Well, and they said that's the most combined with the right. other side that's ever been spent. We're getting there. Oh, well, <laughs> you said eye-popping, so. Well, it is. Well, it is. It's eye-popping. Like the, it's, I think it's almost like two, it's more than two, maybe three times as much as we did in 1998 to fight assisted suicide. So we did our job and we spent a, a, a ridiculous amount of money. So yeah, as, as you're saying, Anna, if you look at the proposal that was the previous record in spending, it was in 2012 and it was a union fight. So you had big labor and big business fighting against each other. And they together spent about 46 million. So basically, we raised as much money as the labor unions could raise for a ballot proposal fight or the big corporations. That's saying something. It's impressive. Because we do not have, you know, really deep pockets. However, <laughs> the other side, uh, they raised $45.3 million and um, they had in-kind contributions of 2.5 million. So they basically raised and spent more for Proposal 3 than the previous record-holding ballot campaign combined on both sides. So we raised an eye-popping amount. What, what, what's above eye-popping? Eye-gouging? Eye-gouging, yeah. Head-exploding, <laughs> um, you know... We got outspent more than two to one, but it's not just more than two to one. Like, we got outspent by 
26 million dollars which would is is a separate ballot campaign on its own or even two ballot campaigns that's I mean, that's an insane amount of money that they had at their disposal which is why i guess when you were on youtube you could not get away from their ads yeah especially youtube I mean, because with my, you know, with my um, uh, my um, streaming service, I saw our ads more than theirs. But, and they looked like they weren't doing a ton at the beginning. Looked like they were slow you know, out of the gate. They just had a different, a different strategy that, I mean, <laughs> clearly it worked. But they also had a, a lot more money, so... There's it's not really e any way of getting it's, around it's that. It's easy for us. to work when you have an extra twenty-six million dollars to spend. Right. Yeah, we knew going in like right before the end of the election, they said cash on hand, and we had zero cash on hand because we were spending all that we could week to week, just tr try to stay on the air. And they had something like ten million dollars for the final week. And we knew that. I mean, may. I don't know how it was perceived in the media, but maybe they saw us as an actual threat, and so they got their some outside help and said, you know, you can't let this, can't let them get away with this. You have to come help. I think they did. I, their ads, so, they, their ads weren't heavy at the very beginning of fall. They weren't doing door to door. You didn't see their signs anywhere. Mm -hmm. And then we were suddenly everywhere in the state doing door to door. You could see our signs everywhere. We were on the air, and, and then they, yeah. But it's easy for them. They, they. You know, we raised this money, you know, most of it in Michigan. Um, and, you know, we had to fight and scratch and claw our way. I mean, to it actually to was a million. grassroots effort. A massive grassroots massive effort. Massive. The whole entire state. More than one organization. And we had multiple grassroots organizations running multiple efforts. Right. I mean, the entire pro-life movement did turn out for this and was going crazy. I mean, it's just funny. Like, this got passed. It's going to affect... A Michigan, a Michigan. It's going to affect Michigan and Michigander, Michiganders, but it was influenced by all New York and California. Yeah. So, so. most of their money came from either, uh, you know, pro-abortion or left-wing organizations in California, New York, or D.C., or billionaires in New York and California. Mm -hmm. There's not a lot of billionaires in Washington D.C. They don't want to hang out there for some <laughs> reason. Um, I wonder why. Yeah, I wonder why. Uh, even though some of the, yeah, some of the richest uh, voting, you know, are suburbs of D.C. Um, yeah, it, and just, you know, they have Warren Buffett. They have Bill Gates. They it's have George Soros. That. I know, $45, $45 million is probably how much those three individuals make or lose in a day based on fluctuations in the stock market. Mm -hmm. Not even, but if, if you, you have a hundred like... billion dollars, you're probably making or losing a billion dollars a day. You know, yeah. 45 million is just, uh, it's just a fraction of the budget. For us, we know why they, they put that money into it and why it was important to them that they donate that money. But maybe to the general public, they're probably thinking, well, why do these billionaires care if this proposal passes? Well, so maybe we should talk about that. Well, Anna, <laughs> <laughs> I 
as we've detailed on this podcast uh, in depth, billionaires are obsessed with population control, fanatically obsessed with population control. And of course, abortion is a big focus of that. So uh, what they want to do is they have to go to all these states. So it's now it's not just a national thing. It's a 50 state deal with abortion. And so as we saw in Kansas, where they got outspent, as we saw in, who was it, Kentucky? Kentucky, Montana, Vermont, Vermont and Michigan. Yeah. Um, so what they're going to do is in all these 50 states, they're just going to pile in a bunch of cash, and they want to win. So this is a very high-profile fight. This was basically them achieving stealthily through language. So not just – basically it's uh, a Roe versus Wade on the state level – but everything they wanted, but it's not just the judges saying it, it's actually in the Constitution. So we can't go and say, no, no, these judges are just making it up. No, no, the judges are just following the lunacy that we added to the Michigan Constitution. Um, but so they did all this because if they lost this, it would have been devastating to their effort in other states. Um, it, would buoy, it would buoy the pro-life spirit and um, rally them but uh, they needed to crush us. And they crushed us with $27 million. Mm -hmm. So if anyone's listening and you're a billionaire and you want to cut a check for $27 million to the next uh, pro-life state that these sort of ballot fights come to, that would be great. Um, here's a question. So Texas, Florida, you know, could we win an abortion ballot fight even in those states? If we're going to be outspent by twenty-seven million dollars, money in politics yeah. isn't everything, but it's a lot. It is a lot. I could see it going better in Florida and Texas, but I still wouldn't be surprised if they if it lost. Well, yeah, and it's especially not if they have double the cash. Right. And it's not just the fact that they have the cash, it's that they have the media. So the other part of Proposal 3, uh, today there was an article in Bridge, Michigan, and talking about what else is going, what other laws are going to be targeted after Proposal 3 was passed, which again, they said they weren't going to come after anything else, but here's an article saying, oh yeah, we're going to come after something else. <laughs> No, the article didn't even say that. The article, every other paragraph said, we're not changing anything. Then the next paragraph said, but we're going to change this. But we prom, And then the next paragraph after that said, oh, no, 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 we promise. Like, it was so strange how it went back and forth. There's no unity in there. No, so I think what was interesting is the comments from Renee Chellian. So... Uh, for those of you who don't know, Renee Chellian is probably the uh, biggest abortion business owner in the state. She owns a chain of abortion businesses called um, Northland Family Planning on the east side of the state. She's been a fixture in pro-abortion politics for a long time. Uh, I forget who, I think, was it Gretchen Whitmer? One of the governor or senate candidates actually filmed an ad in her abortion facility. It was a couple of years ago. Uh, she was the Sounds one that like was something Dana Nessel would do. Yeah, I think it was Dana Nessel. 
Um, she was caught on tape a few years ago because, you know, all the dead babies, you know, when you do a lot of abortions, you have a lot of dead babies. And if you don't have a simple way of disposing of the victim's bodies, you got to do something with them. And so she was at an abortion conference and joked about filling a truck or a van up with dead babies, driving it up north and lighting them on fire in a bonfire. Because she had so many. Her clinic was where they filmed the NPR segment of them filming an, a live abortion. Oh, Michigan. yeah. Okay. That was her clinic. You know, Renee Chalian is so ubiquitous that you, she's just, she is abortion in Michigan. And in this Bridge article, she says, and I'm, you know, I don't think she's not, I don't think she's being ingenuine. I think she's being, like, honest herself when she says... <laughs> I gave my word. I publicly said nothing will change. We are and want to be respected as ethical and thoughtful people. We're not going back on our word. Those well, that's pretty, nice, Renee. But... Those are pretty strong words, uh, Renee, but uh, too bad you ain't in charge no more. I don't think, Renee, that you donated that $27 <laughs> extra million dollars to get them over the top. Well, she doesn't have any say, any leverage, any pull, nothing in the debate. Like She, she, she had say, a lot. She could say all she wants, but... But this is a national deal. This isn't a Michigan thing. Yeah. Right. It doesn't matter what you say. I mean... Well, that one thing she said was actually interesting to me about abortion, abortionists wanting to be respected and seen as ethical. <laughs> that just tells you straight up this is a war of culture, not a not a political battle, at least in Michigan. They want to be seen a certain way, and they know that that's against their nature. It's, it's not natural right. to see abortionists she know, as respected She knows that ethical. that's not how they actually, who they actually are, but she wants to be seen that way. She does. Well, she says that we are. You know, we, we, could, do, we could do a whole case study on her psychology and... <laughs> Maybe um, we should. Why she does. Maybe we should. There's our next feature. No. Uh, the mind of Renee Shellian. Uh, but, you know, I, I think she's being honest there. And she thinks that I told all these people I'm going to look like an idiot if we, but they're going to make you look like an idiot, Renee. They are. No, I don't that doubt that. That was always that, the plan. I don't doubt that she actually believes that nothing, like, she's being genuine about it. But, like, she actually believed it. Yeah. I don't think she read Proposal 3. No. But she, like, so she I actually believed it. I think she trusted it. Planned Parenthood. She trusted the ACLU to to be good people like she is. But at the end of the day, she's not the one that's going to be in the legislature and repealing all these laws. She's not the governor <laughs> who has executive power. Like, she, she has no say in it. Well, I don't know much about her psyche and her brain and where she's at with her thoughts about Planned Parenthood, but it's pretty obvious they're going to cover for their allies. Right. Like she can trust them at least to do that, even if she's knowingly lying in this article about everything being changed. Yeah. I mean, we need to keep that article and pull it back oh, up. We already <laughs> saved it. We, the, that's apparently a thing, is saving a lot of bridge articles where the abortion industry just frankly admits things that uh, they're, you know, and then... Uh, but see, that's the thing. They're... When they do it, they're just going to pretend that, oh, well, that's just because we have the legislative majority. It has nothing to do with Proposal 3. Or, oh, we're just following what the, you know, the legislative bureau said. Or, well, they kind of said that in the article. They were like, you know, we kept our word, but it's up to the legislators uh -huh. now. And it's, yeah. it's something that they're going to have to right. do. So the guys that that's they their endorsed. way of getting out of it. <laughs> I know. 
So, I mean, we're going to keep following it and keep telling you and keep reminding you. But, uh, you know, hopefully, I just wish our people in our culture actually cared more about, you know, we're terrible about this in America. Something happens, people promise and sw- I swear to God, it's not going to happen, you know, they and all these things. And then like a month later, it, it was all tr- untrue. It was all false. You were being conned, American voters. Once again, but then our attention span is so short that we just don't remember that even a month ago that they said this and they promised yep. this. And then I everyone mean, just goes on as normal, like, ah, you know. People see. We're just lied to all the time anyway. What's right. the point? What's That's the what point I'm saying. caring? Like, people see and hear horrible things every single day. So if they hear that, oh, we got lied to about that, they're going to be like, eh, that's not as bad compared to whatever else happened that day you know so you're saying we're hopelessly jaded yes (laughs) yes Uh, we are well i will be if we keep talking about this topic so (laughs) let's move on to the next topic totally not uh, jaded at all on a way completely jaded um so we talked about uh, a couple weeks ago uh this three minute short film It was an advertisement by a Canadian fashion company basically showing this lady, uh, you know, doing all these fun things before she committed suicide with Canada's uh, maid, medical assistance in dying law. (laughs) Um, And it was pretty creepy, but now we find out from this lady's friends that she really wasn't all in on euthanasia. She had a rare medical condition that she was not finding ses- uh, success uh, getting treatment for in Canada. So uh, she said, well, if I can't get treatment, I might as well kill myself. I I thought it was more like she couldn't, like, I, I took it more she couldn't afford the treatment or, like, get access to it. Right. Well, that's kind of what I said. Okay. But in Canada, you know, they have single-payer health care, so everything is supposed to be covered, and you're just supposed to get treatment for everything. She didn't, and so instead now Canada has this little pressure release valve, like, oh, we couldn't take care of you. I just go kill yourself. And she did, and her friends are very upset, but, you know, this Canadian fashion company spent... I don't know if they spent $27 million on it, but they spent a lot of money producing this nice film. Which is like, why is a fashion company promoting that? Why are you promoting your customers kill themselves? You know, for some, suicide has always had a little bit of glamour in it, in Western culture. But that, those are your future yeah. customers that you're saying, like, <laughs> how does that well, make first sense buy, for a business? First buy all the products, and then when that doesn't fulfill you, then you then you kill yourself. So. All right. It just doesn't make sense. Well, and, you know, these business executives now are very ideological and proving your ideological bona fides, I guess, is a way to get the money from all these young people who are clamoring to kill themselves. That is true. If people think that they're on their side, they're going to want to support their allies. Didn't really work for these guys, though. They had to take the video down off of YouTube because they had so much backlash. Yeah, it's Mark Price. Well, maybe they should have, like, done their research and checked with her friends and made sure that there wasn't going to be some... (laughs) Or maybe they should have been decent human beings and not not put out a (laughs) snuff film as an advertisement. Yeah, that too. That too. 
I did. I was reading that there are even some kind of creepy connotations in their films of like symbol symbolism and whatnot. And I know. Oh, the the paganism. N- no, just like pro suicide stuff that you see online and stuff like that. I know that's all the pro news because suicide. of the is it Balenciaga ads? <laughs> yeah. Bal- Balenciaga. I don't. Balenciaga. I've never heard of them before. I heard of the ad. really. I'm a man. <laughs> Have you heard of Let's like, talk about Baker Gucci? Mayfield's quarterback rating last night on Thursday of, like, Night Football. <laughs> well, I've heard of Gucci. Come on. Okay. Am I a rube or something? <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, you know, this is a lady that was put out as a hero, and it was a cry for help. And uh, the answer was, we're going to kill you, and then we're going to profit off of your death. Yep. And use it to encourage other people to commit suicide in the most glamorous fashion imaginable, which is extremely tragic. Wearing our clothes, apparently. Yeah. But buy our clothes, commit suicide. Yeah. All right. On that note, uh, thank you for listening. And <laughs> one of these days we're going to have an encouraging, happy end to this. But that's not this day. That wouldn't be our style. <laughs> so uh, tune in next week. Have a wonderful weekend. Thank you for listening.